What's up, everybody? Welcome to my podcast, The Sonder Society. Sonder is the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. In this podcast, we focus on the people behind Instagram, its advantages and disadvantages, and how the future has been shaped around it. I have designed and implemented a platform to share insights with you from a variety of guests of different backgrounds to let you into their life, work, relationships, and experiences. Let's get into it. Kira, thank you so much for joining me. You're actually my first guest who doesn't come from Calgary. So thank you so much for traveling out from Edmonton, especially in this weather. I know you've come for other reasons, which is modeling, which we will get into. For the listeners um, that are listening today, I want to pr- provide a little bit about the journey of the conversation that we're going to talk about. We're going to discuss a bit about childhood and family, talk about your work and how you got into the world of modeling, dating and relationships, and then finally mental health. So Kira, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. You nervous? No. <laughs> that sounded pretty nervous to me. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be fine. With this podcast, a lot of people have had the opportunity to put questions in. You probably know who's sent the questions in, even though it was an- anonymous, but it'll be good to kind of get into a bit of depth and, and learn a little bit about you. So we'll dive straight into it. But before we start, someone actually sent in a question asking you to tell them something interesting about yourself. So let's just start there. I'm going to throw you in the deep end. Well, I would say I'm a very adventurous person and the thing at the top of my bucket list right now is to skydive. Really? Yes. That's like the next thing that I want to do. That's an adventure is skydiving. Have you never done it before? I haven't. I've never done it. I don't think I would. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think I would. I think it terrifies me. I also want to do it somewhere pretty. So. Okay. Like where? Hawaii. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Not asking for much. Just jump out of plane. Beautiful Hawaii. I, I love that. I love that. Um, I guess take me back as as far as you can remember. We're going to start kind of at childhood. So walk me through kind of what that life was like growing up. You were born in Edmonton, is that right? Yeah, so I I grew up in St. Albert, which is a small city outside of Edmonton. Um, I mean, I have one, I have an older sister. It's just my my small family of four. I did French immersion school from kindergarten to grade 12. I played lots of sports. I've always lived a very active lifestyle. Um... Yeah, that's kind of just a few yeah, things. I love how you condense that. That's a lot of people try and condense it as much as possible. I'm like, that was a short childhood. But with your with your siblings, were you close to them? Yeah. So my sister, we are let's see, three years apart, um, and we have always kind of bashed heads a little bit. Okay. But now we don't live together, and so I think we're getting closer now that we don't live together. But we definitely have a lot of great memories together, and I think we just understand each other in a way that only siblings would understand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a lot of households, right? With siblings, I got an older brother and sister. Chaos in my household as soon as we move out. That's, that, that was a, a lot easier. Is she, you said three years, is she older or younger? She is older. Okay, yeah. okay. I know further down the line, someone actually did ask how old you are. So we'll, we'll get that out of the way right now. How, how old are you? I am 22, although a lot of people think I'm older. <laughs> I know, true. Yeah, before the podcast, we were was, was speaking a little bit about your age, and I even I was guessing, um, and I think a lot of people do, and part of this podcast, obviously, is seeing behind the scenes of someone who's on Instagram. You make a presumption of how old someone is, wherever that's on their career or the photos that they're posting. Um, so I think typically people think you, you are a bit older. So 
I like your confidence in it. That probably shows why you're, um, you've got a, a bit of an older, uh, um, older sense there, I guess. Um, but let's talk about university. Did you go to university? I'm still currently in university. There you go. Okay. I'm in my last year. I'm in a Bachelor of Science and I'm majoring in psychology, minoring in business. Okay, cool. What, what made you, I guess, choose that, that path? Well, I took a year off when I graduated and I took some time to do some other, pursue some other opportunities, but I've always wanted to go into a degree related to sciences and I like human behavior. And so that's kind of what drew me towards psychology. Yeah, for sure. I think you can learn a lot from studying people and how they interact and because it's not just uh mental health there's a lot of different parts to psychology yeah do you do you like are you would you class yourself as like a people person you an extroverted introverted I would say I'm an extrovert and I think a lot of people would classify me as an extrovert although I do love my own time like I'm a very independent person but I am an extrovert because I love meeting new people regardless of their background their age so I get along with a lot of people from every age group Amazing. You're obviously 22. You you clearly are extroverted. And the, the that independence you talked about, where does that come from? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm full of them. I think I've just grown into to be this person who I've learned from past experience that when I put myself out there to meet new people and chat with people, I I've been able to either network and get new opportunities or just learn things you know broaden my perspective on new whatever it is in life and so that's kind of led me to be a very extroverted and outgoing person how do you typically meet people like obviously we all meet people throughout our life how how do you typically do that is that through work is it school right now I think I'm in a very unique position because I can meet people from so many different areas of my life so for example school I'm meeting students that are usually close to my age, but then when I go to the modeling side of things and the creative side, I'm meeting people through new jobs, through networking, through traveling, and it's cool because everyone has a very different background and very different perspectives on things. Um, But those are probably the two big areas in how I meet new people. Yeah, for sure. I I like that you can kind of have that balance and and you can kind of Figure out who are the types of people you want to hang around with, I guess. Would you typically say that you are drawn towards older people than you? Is that a right guess? I'm getting you smiling right now. I'm <laughs> guessing. I'm completely guessing, but is that right? I would say so, yes. Uh, I have, I've done a lot of self-learning, and so I, I've been told that I'm wise beyond my years, and so I do like to hang around people that are a lot older than me. Not a lot older, but at least a few years older than me because they have this perspective on life that aligns with what I agree with, I guess, and how I like to live my life. But I do surround myself with people that are also my age. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) Everyone that's your age is like, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. How do you say people like align with the same kind of, I guess, views of, of your life and specifically maybe older people align with that? Obviously, there's a maturity that probably comes with that. Where, where does that come from and what, what are those values? I think that people, like as, as you age, you just start to see things from a new lens and your focus shifts a little bit. So I'm not as into going out and partying every weekend. Like I'd rather spend that time 
working on myself or being in the gym or traveling or doing new experiences. And I think a lot of people aren't focused on that at this age range, you know, between 18 to like 22, 23, 24, 25. And so some people have that mindset already at 20, but I don't know. It's, it's just something that I, I feel good when I'm surrounding myself with these people. Yeah. I think, I think a lot, most people are like that. I actually think everyone tends to attract to hang around with people that are typically older. It goes both ways, right? So obviously like me, I'm 30. I've got friends that, friends that are 26 and also older as well. And there's that different lifestyles that you kind of are, are drawn to, whether that's working out in the gym and, and then or there's that party life that you live as well. That can be a, a little, a little bit different. And then also modeling, right? You're going to meet probably complete different ages when you're when you're in that depending on the shoots that you go on as well right yeah especially when you're working with makeup artists and photographers those people are usually older than me and they've been in the industry for a long time Uh, and then usually the other models are closer in age to myself but you do get to meet I think people from the creative industry have a, a unique perspective on life and it's sometimes to just go against the grain of things and to I, I know makeup artists who are 40, 50, and I would take them as being like 25, 30 at heart. Like that's what their spirit is like. Yeah, for sure. No, no, I love that. What I'm going to do before we kind of get into modeling, I want to draw it back a little bit and, and go back into to the childhood side. With, with your childhood, you know, we all go through experiences when we're younger. Was there anything specifically that was difficult when you grew up? Did you any, find anything hard as you were kind of progressing into, into your teens and, and those kind of ages? I would say I I had a very good childhood. I have a family that loves me and I grew up in a good household and I went to a good school and I had good friends. But I think like any child or teenager, there's you go through phases and I wouldn't say that it was to the extent that I would be bullied. But one of the big things for me when I was younger was my size. So people would always be commenting on how thin I was and I think it's shifting a little bit where people see that that's wrong because it can go either way. You don't normally comment on people's weight if Mm -hmm. they're bigger than yourself or they're, so it should be the same. If they're smaller than you, you shouldn't comment on that. But when you're a kid, people don't see that. And it was like really bad in high school, especially I had a volleyball coach. That was the worst part. It was someone who you thought should be. You looked up to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it was Actually, I'm not going to go into details who it was. Yeah, we don't need to mention names, but we can definitely go into experiences. Um, But they they would always pick me out on the team for like my size and be like, oh, yeah, like pretty much pointing to the fact that, oh, you don't have enough strength to do this or just because of the way I looked. Mm -hmm. I'd have people on the other side like of the court on the other team commenting on it on like what I looked like. And that really goes to your head when you're younger because you don't know anything different and you're surrounded by people that are your age and so you want to make sure you're you have a good you leave a good impression because when you're in high school that's pretty much all you care about you want people Mm -hmm. to like you and you want people to think that you're cool uh so that was definitely a challenge for me growing up but apart from that I would say I live a very good childhood yeah for sure what what do you I want to talk about the point you kind of I would class it as bullying right but what do you think that created into I guess the person you are today what an example I would give is I was a skinny child, really. And I, it actually forced me to go into rugby. And I said, I will prove myself. If I go into the hardest sport in the school, you've got to be, you know, muscles all over the place and get, you know, get into kind of tackling like that. That drove me towards that. So everyone that I wouldn't say I was bullied, but would say comments, you can prove them wrong by, by doing something like that. 
what would you say did it draw you towards doing something or being the person you you are today uh, a lot of these things can kind of shape the person we are what, what's your thoughts on that well, I wouldn't say I never, I never felt that I had to prove myself to anyone. I'm a very sensitive person. So if someone were to make a comment about me when I was younger, I would just kind of let it happen and then pretty much go home and cry because I'm sensitive. Oh no! <laughs> but now I think it's, it's, uh, I'm a lot more resilient because of it. And I have a very thick skin now, although I'm still sensitive, mm-hmm. I wouldn't show that. And I don't take things to heart the same way that I used to. And I think I'm just pursuing my passions and going for my goals and I mean maybe people will see me now and be like wow like this is so cool to see where she is at this point in her life because I'm not gonna let a few people who have negative judgments of me hold me back yeah I think you're right a lot of people will see you in a certain light now you know it's once you get out of school, people may even listen to this podcast and go, yeah, like I was one of those people or it happened to me as well. Some people are going to listen to me and be like, that I went through the same thing and people will perceive you now as whether it's a success or going down a different route, obviously modeling. That's, that's a thing that people are, are going to look at as well. And obviously Instagram, a lot of this podcast is focused on the person that's behind it. Everyone's got a, got a story um, behind Instagram and obviously getting into modeling, that's probably going to, um, you know, bring out the confidence in someone and people are going to see that as well. So we'll, we'll transition into, into that subject. Thanks for sharing a bit about kind of your background and childhood. Obviously people can reach out to you if they want to get a little bit deeper, but I won't push it any, any further there. So people may know or, or, or may not know that you have been pursuing modeling um, alongside your school, but talk to me about what type of modeling do you do? Like, what does that look like? I'm not a model. I've got the face for one, but um, <laughs> I would, I want to know kind of what does that look like? What do you do? Well, first of all, I like the confidence. That's <laughs> you like got to have it. That's you the first step. You just fake it until you make it. Exactly. Well, let's see. Um... Can you, what did you ask? Like, is it, is it a type, like, is it a specific type of modeling? Mm -hmm. Does it completely vary? I know, again, I'm asking this question coming from a a person that's not a model, right? So some people may know there's a specific type of modeling. Is it catwalking? Is it photo shoots? Is it for specific brands? Is it for older brands? Is it for luxury products? Like there's a lot of different types of modeling, I guess, within that industry. So I just want to learn a little bit more about what kind of modeling is it that you do? Yeah, so there's usually commercial and fashion modeling and sometimes people will branch into one or the other so they'll either go into fashion or commercial and that's their main focus but I think in my situation it's unique because I do a little bit of both and I think I I can do both and I've been able to pursue both and I've had good feedback being in the fashion like side and being in the commercial side so on the commercial side of things that's doing e-commerce shoots for clothing brands or jewelry brands or I just did a mattress commercial recently. So that's the uh, commercial side. And then there's the fashion side, which would be, you know, editorial, high fashion stuff. So that's where Catwalk comes in. But mm-hmm. as we know, I'm from Edmonton. I'm High fashion. High <laughs> fashion place, Edmonton. I mean, we have people that wear pajamas <laughs> out. So it's, it's the Paris of Canada. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I, I make it like that, though, when I'm wearing like a full purple outfit or something. But I do think... I would like to go into the fashion side of things a little bit more being, you know, an editorial and beauty shoots, working with some luxury fashion brands, doing catwalks. But again, you have to be in the right market to do that. And currently, because I'm in school, I'm a little bit restricted on how much I can travel and where I can travel. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I would say I do a little bit of everything, which is great because it's really expanded my skill set and I'm very versatile. So cool. What, what, what kind of, that's great detail. What led you, I guess, to think that you want to go down the fashion brand? Was it, is it the experience that you've had so far? Well, it's not that I want to like completely forget about commercial. I love commercial yeah, stuff. Keep those mattress because, uh, adverts going. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, my favorite thing to do is e-commerce stuff. So clothing, um, and I do enjoy that. And so that kind of crosses over into fashion because I mean, it depends if you're doing high fashion or not, but I think catwalk would be something to pursue a little bit further. Cause I've never had a true like experience in that. Um, I've done it a little bit here and there. So there's nothing in particular that's pulling me in that direction. Okay. After yeah. this, you can give me a catwalk tutorial, but we'll <laughs> go on to the next question here. Um, how do you even start modeling? Like, how do you even get into that? I want to know this because I think some people may listen to this and they may be younger that want to pursue that type of career. And it's not an easy thing to get into, but how do you, how did you, I guess, your story get into it? And then maybe talk about how can you get into it? Well, I think the first thing is that don't ever compare yourself and be like, I want to be exactly like that person. And so I want to get into it and do exactly that thing. Cause we all have our own path and our own journey. I don't think there's any one way to do it. I mean, if you really want to get into it, you can just apply to a modeling agency. That's like the simplest thing you can do. I think some people think, Oh, like I have to be scouted or someone has to pick me out in a crowd and be like, you should model. But sometimes you have to make that first step and just see where that goes. And then you go through a phase of development where you're just getting to know the ins and outs and getting comfortable in front of the camera. Because I think a lot of people forget this, but modeling is not just your looks. A lot of the time it comes from referral. And if clients like you and your personality, that goes a lot further than if they meet someone and they're either rude or they're ignorant or they're boring. They'd rather work with someone who is polite and kind and exciting to work with. So it's maybe I've got a chance then because my personality is pretty good, I think. And then the face is not too bad. So maybe I could, you know, step into those shoes. This is not a joke, though. You absolutely could. I know. I, <laughs> I know. Think, and maybe I'm people, not joking. <laughs> they, some people have this belief that they, they have to be a certain body type or a certain height. But there are so many industries out there and so many markets that you can go into fitness modeling. You can go into just clothing or you could do, I mean, now with social media, anyone can literally do anything. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's really not one way to do it, but it's just taking that first step sometimes. If, if it's something that you would like to pursue, it's worth a shot. And, you know, going out to these modeling agencies, maybe asking them, seeing what their thoughts are. Usually you go for a open call and then they'll, either decide to sign you or not sign you. But if you don't get signed, it's not a reason to be discouraged. I mean, I've submit to places before and not been signed. Like it happens yeah, to everyone. Sure. Yeah, I think that what you're saying is it's obviously inspiring at, at 22 to be able to go into the modeling industry and really think of what do I want to do? What do I want to achieve in this? It's, it's, it's you know, it's an important thing because I think a lot of girls do want to get down this kind of route but they're looking the influencer obviously online now you really can do anything you talked about it briefly um about an agency do you work for an agency is like that how how you get work how does an agency work I guess so currently I am not signed with a mother agency agency and a mother agency is basically your home base agency who would 
manage everything for you. If you were to be in a local market or an international market, you would always have them. But I'm not currently signed with a mother agency. So in our local market right now, I, through my own networking, I've kind of created a good group of people and connections that that's how I get my own work. So, okay. so you like your own manager, I guess? Or? Well, basically. Even <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm just a boss bitch <laughs> and I'm just taking on whatever I want to take on. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm not restricted in that way. Although I do have an agency down in Miami, but it's one of those things that there's nothing that can really come of it until you have a visa like, to work you, down there. Is it not a thing where you can just travel in to do something or is it like you would have to move to live in Miami? Well, with the States, you have to have a work visa to be able to work with an agency there. Okay. And so to be able to get a work visa is quite challenging. Really? Although a good way, a good step to kind of work towards that is to go international being, you know, like across the ocean. So like I did a contract in Thailand in 2019 and I'm hoping to do another contract. And so doing these contracts, you just build your book, meaning you're getting more uh, photos, video work, you're getting more stuff that you can show to agencies in North America and the States and they'd be more willing to take you on and sign you. Okay. Um, so then there's that market that it opens up. Interesting. You beat me to, I do want to go into that international contract, but before that, someone actually put this in as a question. Why do you live in Edmonton if you're pursuing a modeling career? (laughs) So that may be obvious. Is there something specific about the city? I know obviously you grew up there. Is that specifically pulling you in because you're from there and it's easier you're around your family and obviously yeah. you've got school is is Edmonton the dream for modeling if we uh you know we've got some listeners on here please move to Edmonton that's where dreams dreams come true what's the <laughs> okay what's the story well let's there? not bash Edmonton but <laughs> we do know that the fashion industry is not the same there I wouldn't say there's definitely nothing me nothing tying me down to Edmonton apart from school um but so I do want to travel and I do want to be able to expand in the modeling industry outside of Edmonton. Although, like you said, I do have my family there and it's a place, I want it to be my home base. So when I do get to that point where I can travel more so, I still want Edmonton to be that home base, but it might not be somewhere that I'm living 24 seven. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think people are always curious, right? People, I think people think to be a model, you have to be in a city like a France Mm. or somewhere where the luxury brands are kind of, thriving and obviously uh, maybe you could get more opportunities there but that doesn't mean you're going to be happy in those spaces right the industries are definitely going to be different in those places right that's so true and I think in this industry you can work from anywhere in the world if you find a market that you work well in you can work anywhere in the world and I would agree though that it's not the ideal place to really excel if you want to get to another level you can't stay in Edmonton it's like you can't stay in Calgary (laughs) Hey, <laughs> hey, I moved here, but don't Although listen if you're from Calgary. <laughs> but I mean, but there's so many opportunities that you can also find locally. And so there's so many local models and so many brands that do shoot out of either Calgary or Edmonton. Calgary more so than Edmonton, though. So, yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Let's go back to um, the time, the international contract in Thailand. You were 19, I believe. Um, I know you're looking at at going back international again in 2023. But talk to me about that experience. Obviously, such a young age visiting Thailand. I've been to Thailand three, maybe four times. Love it. Obsessed with it. I think it's amazing. Such a cool place. But tell me about that. You were super young and you've obviously had that experience. You probably learned a lot. So go into a a bit of detail about that. Well, I would say that was a turning point in my life. Having that experience, 
gave me so much confidence and really the person I am today, I don't think I would be this person if I hadn't gone on that contract. So when Were you I, alone? Sorry? Were I you? was, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so when I graduated, I worked for a little bit and then I was like, okay, this is my time to go on a contract before I go to school. So I went to Thailand, 19 years old, for three months and it definitely took a lot of convincing to my parents. Not that they could really stop me, although... Were I they protective? Of course, the, yeah. baby? I mean, yeah. they ran me through everything on everything and anything that could have possibly yeah. went wrong. They wanted to make sure that I was safe. And I think it was really hard for, for them considering I was across the world. Mm -hmm. But that experience, I would say the first three weeks living there, I was scared to leave my house after 6 p.m. because it, it's dark after 6 p.m. there. Yeah. And I lived in this really local area. So I was the only Caucasian person pretty much in this area. And so I would walk at night and I would get a lot of stares which is just because I was unique in yeah. this particular <laughs> location. Yeah. And so it took a lot of confidence to be able to go out during the evenings. And so one, one of the things I would do is I would FaceTime my parents. I'd walk to like the convenience store and I'd have them on FaceTime with me as I was walking there. Yeah. And then it, it just became easy. And I, by the end of the, so I guess that would be 90 days. I was, I mean, I was ready to go home, but I felt so good about that experience. I got to do so many cool castings and I got to meet people from around the world. A lot of people that I still talk with now and I'm hoping to reconnect with in the upcoming year if where, I do travel. Where were they from? Was was it like all models that come in, you kind of stayed in the same hotel? And Is that how it worked or was <laughs> so it you were just hotel. in this... <laughs> You were in a hostel, weren't you? No. <laughs> you were in a hostel. No wonder your parents were worried sick. Makes Actually, sense. to the contrary, uh, normally people do go to modeling apartments. Although for Thailand, I was able to get my own studio space. So I did live in, like, I actually did live on my own. I was not surrounded by anyone. I did make friends, thankfully. Um, and so these people came from, I mean, Belgium, France, Bulgaria, uh, Russia, Australia, literally everywhere. Um, and so it was really cool because everyone is going through their own journey in the modeling industry. And so, you know, if you ever have any struggles or you're feeling some sort of way, you have people that you can connect with and they understand what you're going through. And so I had a lot of really cool experiences and it really brought in my perspective just on life in general, because you see people are coming from different backgrounds as well. And I think something that really stuck out to me was the girls that came from Russia. A lot of girls are 13, 14 years old when they're being sent on these contracts. And that's very normal wow. from my understanding. Like on their own? Like 13 yes. years? Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I mean, don't quote me on the age, but I do remember there was one particular girl in the model apartment for the agency I was with. I wasn't staying there though, but I, and she would cry every night when she went home because she was just like overworked. And was so she was making the money for her family. Okay. Mm -hmm. At 13. Yeah. It was something like that. It was like maybe but 14 or young. 15. Wow. Yes. That's, that's, and I thought I was young, 19 going there. Yeah, you were making the money for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How the world is different. The world is different. Exactly. Yeah. But then it, I just respected these people more. Yeah, for sure. I think mm -hmm. honestly traveling, like I love when people talk about traveling, obviously I've done quite a bit of traveling and Anyone listening, they have some people will be like, oh, maybe I'll travel. And I think some Canadians don't actually get out there because um, it's such a big country alone. But doing any traveling makes you a completely different person. It brings out this confidence. You're in this space that you have nothing about and you really kind of 
you learn who you are as a person, you know, in, in that kind of space, right? And I think it also shifts your mindset to, you know, you have these small problems, but then when you see things for people in another country, how they experience life, then you start to think, oh, okay, like maybe, you know, I'm overreacting over this really small thing when there's people on this side of the world that maybe don't have access to the same things that we have access to. And so when you're actually in the situation, you can understand it and take this back home and, you know, then you're not taking things for granted. Whereabouts in Thailand were you? Was it Bangkok or? Yes. Yeah. So I was Love in the it. capital. Love Bang- that place. Well, but that's really interesting too, because a lot of people don't like it. Cause when people go when they're really young, let's say 18, 19, 20 years old, a lot of people like to go to the islands. So Phuket and all the little, you know, the beach towns, but yeah, Bangkok is vibrant and lively. People don't sleep 4am. People are out. They're getting ready for the morning rush and it's just I loved it there like although it's a different environment when it comes to like smells and culture like there was definitely a lot of culture shock for me have you have you eaten a scorpion that's what I I want to know I actually have yes did you like them uh I think the one they gave me delicious it was crunchy but it also it tasted like like metally water so I'm not sure Huh. What happened to the scorpion? I what think medley I'm try- water do you have? I know you're drinking a busy right now, but that's. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I need to try one again. Okay, I'll get, I'll get you one. Verdict. I'll get you one after this, and we'll, I would we'll, be open to that. Yeah, we'll upload a, a Canadian scorpion. But uh, I want to know a little bit more about like where else have you traveled? Uh, this may be in your personal life, but mainly with work. Where mm. else did you travel with modeling? For modeling, I mean, modeling hasn't really taken me that far because when we consider the pandemic and then my school. I've only had time to do one international contract. So I haven't, I mean, I've traveled within like North America or on, you know, vacations. But for modeling, Thailand is the furthest I've gone and pretty much the only other country I've gone for modeling. Okay. Where would you want to go? Obviously, the world's a big place. There's so many places. This could be a list. But I guess what's kind of your top three? If you could choose right now, whether that's modeling or personal, where would you, where would you go? For modeling in particular, I would say I would love to go back to Thailand, but um, Singapore, maybe Dubai, and anywhere in Europe. All the flashy countries in (laughs) Singapore and Dubai, they are like the flashiest places. I love them. I guess, maybe. And then, I mean, it's hard to really narrow it down in Europe. I'm Dutch and Danish, so, you know, either. That's the last name. Yeah, exactly. Which is, how do you say it? Well, the proper way would be Jensen, but we say Jorgensen. <laughs> Let's go with Jorgensen, <laughs> just, in, just in case. But Jensen. 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 Because there's a slash on the O, yeah. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Um, into that, I'm going to go into a question. Someone asked how tall you are. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you right now. I'm going to make a guess. Five, one. No, I'm joking. Five. You're close. Eight. You're taller than that, aren't you? Yes. Shit, you're looking at me like. <laughs> well, you thought five one was close. <laughs> no, okay. If you're not five eight, you're definitely mm, five ten. Five nine. Oh. And a half, maybe. So you're five ten. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was told I was closer to five ten, but I'm. But then some days it's definitely five nine. So I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Let's go five nine and a half. Let's go five one. So um, we'll move on. <laughs> from, we'll move on from that. Um, did you always want to be a model? Was that like always a passion? Again, you're only twenty two. You're doing school. Did you always want to be a modeling? Well, I mean, I don't cons- like. I don't identify and be like I am a model, you and that's are. what I. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's something that 
it really helped me grow into my body and it showed showed me a world of people that are creative and they appreciate uniqueness and so I don't know if I necessarily always wanted to but I was told by a lot of people to do it and then I did take it upon myself and say hey like why not try this out and ever since like I love it I think my favorite part about it is the networking um but yeah I don't necessarily identify myself and say I am like a model I don't I don't even normally tell people that if they ask what I do what's your Instagram your Instagram bio model or whatever uh yeah your model is official (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking it does help people you know if they're if they are trying to reach out to me then they can because like I'm not officially signed with a mother agency right hey if anyone's listening that is an agency check her out on uh, (laughs) socials after this but We'll talk about, you talked about uniqueness and I guess in the industry, people are pretty open to personalities and things, but talk to me about the flip side of that. Talk to me about a challenge that you've faced in modeling. Well, you have to be okay with getting a no over and over and over again. And I did hear that a lot when I was in Thailand, although I did book work. I mean, you, you get a lot more no's than you get yeses. So you have to be okay with people critiquing the way you look and the way you walk and not take it personally because at the end of the day you it's a it's a business they're a company and they're just looking for something in particular i'm not going to take offense to them saying hey you have whatever this color hair or these color eyes so sorry you're not you're not cut out for this that's fine like there'll be something else so that's definitely the biggest thing that you have to get comfortable with is and people are also very particular because when you have a client and you're the model they get to choose how everything is posed and how they want things. So you just have to be okay with them directing the situation and to be. Does that take a big adjustment though? I mean, if, when I, th- I'm not, I don't really like being on camera. People listen to this like, ah, you're a liar. But <laughs> if someone was doing like kind of directing, like right now we're, we're in here, I guess the studio where you can call it and I'm kind of the cameras up and things, but I wouldn't, I'm not directing anything. I'm just saying, let's talk into the mic, but that must be difficult. I would find that difficult going into a room and, you know, doing the model thing. You got to sit here, look this way. It's quite, I guess, demanding. And you, it looks like you built up resilience, which you talked about before, which created you to kind of get used to that. Yeah. So you definitely have to have a certain level of resilience because it is demanding. But then there's also this line where if people are crossing that line and it gets to be inappropriate or it's unsafe, you do have to have that confidence to speak up for yourself. Uh, and I think in this industry, we've heard all these stories of people coming forward of whether it be they were assaulted on set or, you know, something just did not go how it should have. And people were just too scared to speak up. So although you are getting paid to do something, you still have a voice and you're allowed to say no. I was going to, I'm kind of glad you brought that up. Have you ever had, this could be a difficult topic. Have you ever had a bad experience that's been like that? Luckily, I have not, but I do know people that have. And I think there was a situation where I could have been in that place where it could have been unsafe. But luckily, I uh, got out of that before it it could have been anything worse. So I'm lucky that I haven't had any situation like that that I can really think of that was scary or unsafe. So. I mean, the sad, the sad part is, like you said, girl, girls mm-hmm. do, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult and even talking about it a lot of the time you are surrounded by older people maybe more power it would seem you're 22 and you have a male photographer I was actually going to ask this and I wasn't sure how to ask it but is it awkward like if you've got a male photographer I don't know what type of shoots you do sometimes 
it can be a bit risque or however you want to look at it. But what's that? Is that uncomfortable? Like, how do you deal with that? You can usually tell based off the person right when you meet them, if they have been in the industry for a long time and let's say it's a male, you can tell if they're, if they're going to be very respectful and, and, you know, not put you in an uncomfortable situation. I can read people quite well. So I usually know if it's going to turn into anything bad, but I mean, I guess there are stories though, where people are coming out and they had a bad experience with a photographer that I had an okay experience with, which is really sad because. Does that put you off going back to them? Like, has that happened to you where you've been like, I don't know if I can go back because I've heard this and now I'm looking at the person differently? Yeah, that's a really hard topic because I don't want to discount anyone in any on either side. So it's hard because sometimes things do get a little bit over exaggerated or maybe they're not. And the situation that someone was in was truly bad. And so I, I try not to have an opinion on that. And I do normally choose to not work with those people if someone does make an account on them Mm -hmm. because most people won't lie about a situation with a photographer just just because so yeah and I think there's you've dealt with that well because there's two sides to every story you've Mm -hmm. got to take the facts in as best you can and judge your own perception you know if you have a good experience it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have the opportunity to work with them you've got to manage that the best you can and and you know support the people that that you're around uh, with work as well Let's talk about role models. I know there was quite a lot of questions came in. Some were worded a little bit differently about who you would say your biggest role model. Someone did put in, they want an answer that's kind of on the top of your tongue and not the answer you feel like you have to say. <laughs> I'm looking at your facial expression <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. But who would you say that is? Even if you give kind of off the top of your head and then what you think people would maybe uh, expect your role model to be. All right, well, you're not going to like this answer, but I don't really idolize anyone. So I don't necessarily have a role model because I take things and I learn from so many different people that I can't even give you a name or a person. I would say I've learned a lot from both of my parents. So they are both great role models in my life, but then there's people outside my family. So there's really not a straight cutout answer for that one. I think that's good. I think a lot of people would see it in that light. Some people have like people that you absolutely idolize and that's Mm -hmm. totally okay too. If you put it onto like the modeling industry specific, would Mm -hmm. there be someone that you look up to specifically? Mm. That's tough. Not, not necessarily as a role model. Sometimes role model is the wrong word, but Mm -hmm. is it someone that you, that's in the modeling industry? I mean, people, for example, Kendall Jenner, like Mm -hmm. the Bella Hadid, they're obsessed. They think, Mm -hmm. oh my God, they're absolute perfection. Mm -hmm. Not even in that way, not looking at them in that light, but is there anyone you kind of aspire to have kind of the path that they've followed or be as creative as, as they have been? Oh, I'm like you can the say worst. no, you can say flat out no. The reason I was going to say, I'm the worst person to ask the two because I don't follow pop culture and I don't follow a lot of uh, other fashion models. Like I do see the news and I like watching, like I like looking at runway stuff, but I don't necessarily follow any one person really closely and could be like, I really like how they do things and I want to be at that point. I'm just trying to, you know, live my life on my path because I've seen that I'm doing things maybe a little bit differently than someone else is doing. And so I don't ever want to think that there's only one way to get there. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't things. think. I think that's any industry, right? There isn't yeah. one way that everyone route typically is different. Some mm-hmm. people follow the same path, especially in education. They get the education, mm-hmm. then they go into that type of role. Mm-hmm. Um, but every dif- every industry can be different, and it's using your own creativity. And clearly, your answer really showed the independence that, that you clearly have, and you want to phone, you know, follow your own own path throughout the throughout the career. In the modeling industry, you know, it is a tough market from what I've heard anyway, from, from behind the scenes, whether that's true or not, maybe, maybe not. But, um, what are your professional goals in the industry? I know we talked about it again before we kind of went live on this and what your success looks like. Tell me a bit about that. This this may be not as a deep question as you need to go into, but, but give me a bit of information there with regards to success. Well, I mean, I success can be measured in many ways in in modeling. And so I I would say success for me would, I mean, I have a few goals that I want to achieve in the next, let's say 12 months. So, I mean, I could give you that inter and if I were to think of that, I want to go international again. So being in that market, I want to be a face that people know and that they can say, Hey, like I loved working with that person. And you just get your name around. Like I want to success would be having bases like everywhere in the world knowing you know you have people to you want to be famous mm, not necessarily like I don't ever I don't think I would that's like a goal of mine if it were to ever happen I'd be okay with it but I just want to I don't want to go too much out of my head and mm-hmm. think about that because that really just hinders your experience yeah and because then then you just hyper focus on that on wanting to be yeah. well famous. some people are in the industry right oh, they become sure. and you can see it very clearly online i think from mm-hmm. your like instagram profile and everything i've seen you quite mm-hmm. i would describe as humble like on mm-hmm. like people can Thank go the complete i guess extroverted online of i'm trying to get to the top i'm doing everything i can some things can be controversial just to get their name out there what's your thoughts on that well I was just gonna say that makes me think of how people are and this is the worst way you can say is but fake online Mm -hmm. and so I try to be thank you like for like that humble but yeah it's you don't want to do something that you're gonna regret or you don't want to put yourself in a position just because you think it's gonna get you farther in the industry so I don't think I would ever put myself in an unsafe position or do something for someone just because they had a higher position let's say in a company and so they could get you further I would never see myself doing that although I know I mean there's people that have come out now that have been in the fashion industry for a really long time and when they first started out they had to do some horrible things because it was men in power and so they had to do these things to get further okay which is really sad Uh, and then just going back to the Instagram thing yeah like you said I think I mean Photoshop that's a huge one and they think oh like if I put this image online, like people are going to see me in this way. And do you think about that when, when, you know, I think I honestly probably did when I was young, you always think, what am I posting? Are people mm-hmm. going to like it? You know, you're looking for those likes sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Do you ever, was that a part of your life? I don't, I honestly feel like it's not when I see your Instagram and the yeah. things you do again, I bring it back to the humble <laughs> side. I know I'm hyping you up here. You're no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to say, I definitely post some like funny things. So I yeah. try and post the funny side of my life because a lot of the modeling photos I post are very serious. So like, I like people to see that in person, I'm very smiley. And so even though it may come, not come across that in my professional photos, I want people to see that through my stories. And it's because, yeah, like you said, you, you gain a certain level of validation when you get likes on a photo which is really sad because you're getting reinforced when you get likes on a photo. And so when you're not 
receiving the same amount of likes or comments, then people really take it to heart. So I think that affects everyone. I mean, it's def- it definitely affects me sometimes. I try not to focus on that. But yeah, I, I don't know. Instagram is an interesting place. It is. The internet's <laughs> a scary world. It um, is, but it, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't. I think you've got to, you've got to, I think honestly, as you grow up, you take it more lightly. I think mm. you're very serious about it when you can be younger and you're like, we all need Instagram. Like, yeah. This is the purpose to have it. And everyone uses it for different and reasons. And that's all you know when you're younger. Cause that makes me think of high school. I mean, that's all, you know, when you're in high school, you have that group of people that you graduate with. And that's all, you know, and the same with Instagram, you want to make sure that people are like, oh, this is cool. Cause if you don't post something cool and kid, you know, you go back to school and people are talking about it, you're going to be sad. I mean, I know for a fact that people share my stuff with their friends or they like mock it or do whatever. Everyone's in a group chat. I promise you. And I know for a fact, because I can tell when people are sharing my stories and I know who, you know, who doesn't follow you and who's always watching your stuff. You're like, it's like you've been checking (laughs) if anyone's been watching their stories you better be aware because these girls see who's been watching i mean i don't care at all that's fine i'm i'm flattered i guess because people who don't have anything better to do have to gossip about other people's lives yeah and i think you've also you've got a public account right yeah yeah, so that's the other the other side of it like Mm -hmm. you're you're you know, you don't really care because you're open to it. People, you're going to have haters. You're going to have people that love you and, 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 you know, are on your Instagram. We talked about pictures and kind of uploading pictures. I want to revert back to a question that I remember came in about final edits. Mm. They talked about, do final edits ever scare you? So do you want to, oh. I guess, explain, explain <laughs> what final, I understand what it is, but yeah. explain for people that may not know what that is, kind uh-huh. of the concept behind it. And then, and then uh, answer the question. So I assume what they were talking about when they said final edit was after a photo has been edited. So obviously when you're taking them, they're raw. And then the photographer and editor will go in and edit the photos. Again, everyone has a very different editing style. I have been scared before by a way of some photos have been edited. And it's because you see yourself and you're like, that is not me at all. And it's just kind of... It just, we should do a test. Yeah. You should send me a photo. Uh-huh. I'm going to edit it okay. and you're going to post it on your Instagram. Oh. <laughs> and we'll see if um, you're scared of edit. I'm a great editor. I'm not, but that's the thing. You can Face edit a tune. photo in any way. So that's the thing. Most photographers that I work with do not do really heavy editing. Although I've had a few situations that, and that's why I'm really particular with who I work with because if it's a creative thing where I'm not getting paid and that just means it's trade for print or it's just everyone gets something out of it, I want to work with people who are putting out good quality stuff and it's not over editing. Like I've had people like I did a, a fashion shoot one time and they just really, (laughs) (laughs) they gave you a mustache or uh, no, no, it was like, no, it was even in the direction of like just changing my nose shape and just everything. And I was like, that is not me. Like I would not feel comfortable posting that. And it just made me feel uncomfortable to look at because Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. They, they went to that, extent to change my face are you like i if i did that i think like i'm probably a bit of a control freak Mm. i would like not like that things are kind of different i'd want them to be kind of 
I don't know, symmetry or the same kind of edit. Oh. So how how do you react to that? Because like you said, you go into different photographers, mm-hmm. you know they've got their own theme or what they're trying to portray in mm. the advert or whatever it is that you're doing it for. Mm. How do you how do you deal with that? Because I would definitely be behind the scenes like, oh God, like this edit's not how I wanted it to be. That's not how I would do it. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of photos that I see of myself that I do not like. And that's like everyone, you see yourself and you you criticize the smallest things that most people wouldn't even notice. And so it's sometimes you just have to let it go because especially if it's paid work, you don't have a say in that. And the way that I see it, I'm never, if I don't want to post those pictures, I don't have to post them. Although they might be out there in the world, it's not the end of the world. What matters is when people see me in person and they meet me. And so a photo is a photo. That's kind of, that's it. I don't know. There's nothing else you can really do about it. So. For sure. No, I, I agree. You know, social media, as we know, it's a, it's a crazy world, you know, there's definitely positivity and negativity. And I know you put yourself out there as a, as a model and, and a lot of people do and influences. Obviously, that's gone crazy in, in the scene right now. But obviously, you can attract negativity as well, which we all try to avoid. Can you, I guess, talk to me about a time where you may have dealt with something that may have negatively impacted you? How did that affect you? Hmm. Well, I'm the kind of person that does not hold grudges and or doesn't really think of like I have a bad memory. And it's also when it's something that is negative, <laughs> I don't remember it. And so if it happened so like you a year ago. you can be mean right now and you just be like, that was really nice. <laughs> well, not even that. But if someone has said something negative about me, it will probably really hurt me like in the moment and I'll be sad to it. But I couldn't tell you if it, if it happened to me a year ago and someone said something, I probably couldn't even point out the situation but have you but have you had things for, oh, for example like yes is the cut do you regulate like do you get comments that mm. are bad do you get dms it's more like privates what what i guess i want to kind of understand a little bit about i know you will get negativity mm-hmm. i'm not sure what it is but mm-hmm. what type of things do you get that that is from the negative side i think it's not like people dming me rude things it would be me hearing it through the grapevine of oh this person is talking about me yeah and I'm like, why do they have to talk about my life when it's in a, you know, if they want to talk about my work and it's, yeah. it's, you know, they, they have questions, that's fine. But then when you have to judge someone in a really negative light, that does affect me because then I hear it and I'm like, they're talking, I would rather someone say it to my face and then we I can w- talk about it. I was, I literally, before this podcast today, we, we, I was talking to a friend about this yeah. and how people and I think honestly in Canada, this seems to be a bigger thing. Thing Like I'm from England. They would just put a comment and be like, this is dumb. But in, in, in Canada, I feel like it is a little bit of behind the, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's so much more hurtful when you hear it through the grapevine of, oh, they're talking about this. And we talked about kind of this podcast and obviously putting yourself out there. Anyone that I have on as a guest, um, you know, I'm kind of proud of because it's not an easy thing to do. You are putting yourself out there for you know, anyone to put negativity. Um, but people are going to talk about it. People are not going to like it. Some people are going to interpret things in certain ways. And and I feel like you get that in anything, but I guess I was referring it to modeling. You really are putting yourself out there almost to the critics, so to speak. Yeah. And you have to, you have to know that. I mean, I, I choose to post these things online. So I have to be okay with people having an opinion, even if it's negative, which is just the reality. I think also because it's not like I have like a huge following, but people are less likely to do it on that situation where if you have someone who has like millions of followers, 
people are so quick to troll on people's photos because mm-hmm. they're like they think that they're just behind a computer screen so they're like whatever i can i'm not there's no repercussions to it so i can post whatever i want and i can comment and i always think about how whoever is making these rude comments or judgments it's usually because they have something that's not healed within themselves so they have to project on other people yeah I, you know you're always going to get negativity i think it's Honestly, when TikTok got released, I actually mm-hmm. think it exploded a little bit more. People became more of keyboard warriors and they would just say comments and they, they thought there was no person behind the scenes. Again, a big premise of this podcast is I'm trying to introduce people that there is a real person behind the Instagram. Everyone mm-hmm. you know, may see you or scroll and know or think they know who you are, but they don't know the true story. We've all been through a journey and we're into our own things and that, that's good. That's what makes life interesting that we're all kind of on our, on our own path. Yeah, exactly. So let, let's go into, I guess, social media specifically. How much do you spend on it each week? Is this something that you need to do every day? Do you have to keep keep on top of what you do? Well, I think people might be surprised, but I don't actually spend that much time on social media. I spend the time when I'm like creating content and posts. And so then maybe one day I'm spending like, you know, whatever, a few hours trying to put something together. But most days maybe an hour. What would your screen time tell me right now? Oh, honestly, I actually am pretty confident that it wouldn't be that bad, (laughs) especially when I'm in school. That takes up so much of my time. So I turned my screen time off. So I don't even know. Okay. It was getting too much. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to quantify my, my, you know, my ability or my person by my screen time. So do you, do you have be real? I don't know. Okay. So I only just got it. I actually, I never use it. Like people were like, (laughs) get it. Take one now. Yeah, I should. If it's, if it's going off, we will do. But oh, yeah. I, 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 I downloaded it, probably peer pressure. And I was like, oh my God, everyone's mm. talking about this app. And I put it off for so long. I was like, why another app like TikTok? Mm. I'll be in bed sometimes and you're scrolling through it. It takes so much of your life away and trying to remove yourself from that. It, it can take like a lot of time. And again, in the industry, I guess, doing that modeling side, I think people think you spend your life on there, but some people can balance that, you know, totally. you know, with their time. Um, I want to talk about, being cancelled so Mm -hmm. someone actually put this question in and i want to talk about it they put what are your thoughts on being on people being cancelled should people be given a second chance on social media obviously there's no context to that not sure what the meaning but kind of interpret that in in your own way i know we're in a bit of a scenario right now there's a lot of people getting cancelled across youtube and and twitter and elon musk just take took over that so what's kind of your thoughts on that Again, I don't really follow, so I don't even know what's happening with Elon Musk. (laughs) Answer is, I don't care. (laughs) But I would say people are very quick to make snap judgments about people. And so I would not normally be one to cancel someone, although there are things that people do that are absolutely unacceptable and they need to be held accountable for their actions. It's just why go to the extent of fully canceling someone? What do we gain from that? Yeah. What is there to gain from canceling someone? It's a difficult one. So I think obviously for corporations, like for example, there was one recently, I don't know if you know True Geordie, but he's kind of a podcaster and he's online, but he recently said something about Andrew Tate, which is a controversial figure, you know, in in the world and obviously become popular. And he said a racist comment and he pretty much in the last two days is getting canceled from everyone. So Jim Shark have cancelled him. His poker stars, I think, this poker app, um, the podcasting um, people that he's with, or whatever. That everyone's cancelling. So he's losing obviously all of his income that he that he's got. All of these companies that have been supporting him. 
because of a comment he made. Now he's put out a post of him being kind of upset and it was a mistake and, and maybe it was, but he's obviously paying a very high price for a comment that he says, and yes, it's free speech, but what he said was definitely incorrect. What's, right. what's your thoughts on that? I mean, he needs to learn from that yeah. and he is going to learn by lost income, I guess, for him in particular, like you said, all of these sponsorships or partnerships by losing those, it's really hopefully going to shift his mindset. Cause I think people do need some, something big to happen to really shift their behavior because maybe they've been doing, if, if we're going to talk about, um, let's say he just, he said he made a racist comment, mm -hmm. you know, maybe he's been doing this his entire life and it's just yeah. very under the table. And so now that this has happened and it's made public, sure. he will learn, I would hope because so yeah, it's like to the extent, does he get canceled for good? People are going to be like, you're done forever. I don't know. Honestly, where do I you think, draw, like where well, do you draw the line? That's a good point. But I think we're at a tipping point. Honestly, I think mm. I'll bring up Donald Trump, the controversial, but when he came into power, I think that was honestly a tipping point of free speech. Uh, Everyone became uh, like, we should be able to have free speech. And then he got canceled. So again, you may know, you may not. He got canceled off Twitter, right? But mm. people said, if you're talking about, you know, this free American being able to have free speech, Where's the fine balance? You want people to have free speech, mm -hmm. but yet a lot of people are speaking negatively. So it's a very, very difficult topic. I don't think there yeah. is a right or wrong, right? Yeah, and, and I think in any situation where you're putting any human down, that's wrong. It's just, there's no, there's no, is this okay? No, that's wrong. You don't put anyone down. Like everyone has the right to be here and live their life. And yeah, for sure. That's so, that's a really hard question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think obviously there needs to be more positivity. Just mm. just speak positive and be kinder for the people around you and, mm -hmm. and things usually work out better. Yeah. I was going to say kindness always comes back full circle. You know, we rise by lifting other people up. So people do have to remember that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm sure the majority of the, wor of the world does. Yeah. Got a couple more questions. I'm going to ask you these now because they're, they're pretty much focused on the social media topic which we were talking about. But someone put in, the girl I'm seeing uh, constantly compares herself to models or fit people. She is very fit as well, but she sees a bigger goal to lose weight. What's your advice for her? I would say that unfortunately has probably that situation has been made worse by social media because it's so easy to compare to other people. And so in that situation, you almost have to really step back and just realign with reality because I was going to bring this up earlier too. Just sometimes we get really caught up in the social media world, but when we come back to reality, we, we see that nothing is, is usually as bad as we think it is. And so if she can, you know, find her groove in her, if she enjoys doing fitness stuff, just becoming really comfortable in her own body. And that's hard because everyone has a different self image and I've grown into my own body. So it's hard for me to speak on that now because I don't know what she's going through. Sure. But again, I would say just taking that step back, maybe social media can be horrible for that because mm -hmm. it really hinders your self image if you don't have already a high level of confidence. Yeah. I think it can completely take over your mind honestly people yes. get so consuming and, yeah and you talked about like you're not really that consumed in your social media. you don't yeah. actually do as much as probably people think you do right but you can be so consumed that you forget what makes you happy and, and that can really be a challenge that kind of reverts to what i wanted to know is how do you deal with pressure from society on what you look like and also mm. continue to be happy again that's referring to the modeling industry mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to look like perfection for whoever it is or an advertisement for example mm -hmm. How do, how do you deal with that? 
feel like I deal with it by doing the opposite and just posting my authentic self. Because then you see that people find that entertaining. And I do try and live in the present moment. And that really helps me because you realize that these things or these people that you're comparing yourself to are that like, that's not reality. Everything you see on social media is not reality. And then when you center yourself around these things that really bring you a lot of light. So for me, it's exercising, being with friends, traveling, getting outdoors. It just puts me into this good, this like mindset that I can really thrive in. Yeah, for sure. Last question kind of on this topic, but someone asked, what would you say to someone who lacks confidence or may want to do what you do? You really just, just have fucking to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, just take small steps. If you lack confidence, I think that's something that you learn in time and through. I've humiliated myself so many times. I can think of partic- like particular situations. I mean, this isn't directly related to what you're saying, but you know, talking to, this is the most humiliating thing. When you're talking, you try to talk to someone and they have headphones in and they don't hear you. And so you're like, okay, what do I do now? Cause you said something and they don't respond. So it's like putting yourself in uncomfortable situations helps you gain that confidence. Cause then you realize that it's really not that bad. If you embarrass yourself, it will be okay. Like you'll just hopefully grow from that. Yeah, I see that everyone makes these mistakes and everyone does these funny things. Yeah, I think a lot of people that have got confidence do they put themselves out there, right? It's when when I started this podcast, that was a big part of it. I didn't really want to make myself vulnerable, but I was like, if I don't do it, I never will. And it it almost Mm -hmm. felt like when you do it, it's a weight off your shoulders. It's probably like the first time maybe you posted on Instagram that first Mm -hmm. modeling pictures, people were going to judge you. But having that confidence to just be really like, fuck it, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, and it's hard because I still struggle with that too where sometimes I'll post something and then I second guess myself and I'll delete it. I'm like, why did I do that? Like, really, if I like this and I want to post it, why am I not posting it? Who, what's going to happen? What's the worst possible thing that can happen? We can also think of what's the best possible thing that can happen. That's a good shift of mindset. Thinking about, you know, don't always think of, okay, what are all the things that could go wrong? Think of all the things that could go right if you just step out of your comfort zone. All of the people you can meet or the experiences you can have. So you have to think in that gain mindset. I agree. So Kira, the dreaded part of the podcast for most people, it's the dating relationships and friendships part. Typically, these are kind of the bulk of the podcast. A lot of people always have that interest in dating, especially when they see people on Instagram. Maybe you post things with people, maybe you don't. They've always got that question. People are nosy, so we're going to get into this topic. I'm going to start off very bluntly. You got asked this a lot. Is Kira single? Do you have a boyfriend? Kira is single. Kira's single. No boyfriend. No boyfriend. (laughs) No boyfriends allowed. She's like, I'm busy. I don't want a boyfriend right now. Um, someone also asked why you're single. It's kind of a weird question, but people ask it. People ask me all the time and and I'm 30. We've spoken before that there's no like right time, I guess, to have a boyfriend or you can be busy and there's different things or goals you have in your life. Talk to me a bit about that. Not necessarily why you're single, but what does that look like for you and I guess where you're at right now at your age? I don't think there's one particular reason as to why I'm single. I guess I'm I won't settle. I'm very particular and I'm very independent. So I don't always feel like I need someone and I've never felt that way. I've never been in a serious relationship and I'm 22 and I think that's totally okay. 
I have so many things going on in my life and I have so many opportunities and passions that I'm pursuing and I've, I've never felt held back because of my significant other's opinion. So I think that has benefited me, but I mean, I think I'm single because I'm very choosy with who I surround myself with. And if something doesn't feel right, I'm not the kind of person that will lead someone on or drag on, you know, that talking phase. Mm -hmm. Whereas some people feel that they just need to go into the relationship because, Hey, we've been talking for whatever X amount of time. I guess it's time that we're official. Mm -hmm. I'm blunt. So I'll be like, Hey, you know what? This isn't working. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my own time. I think that's, that's it. A, that's a that's a good thing though. I think a lot of people would prefer that. You know, you're being blunt. You're obviously clearly independent. Do you use dating apps? No, not right now. You've used them before. I have. Okay. I think it was during COVID times. Okay. I, I feel think like the whole world was, was on that. Even what? people that were taken <laughs> was on that. So, yeah. Oh no. For sure. No, I know. Just what's it called? One of those apps where you like meet friends. Isn't oh, that is it? that is that like. Bumble friends or something like that? I thought Bumble was the one where you have to say... The, well, I think the girls have to speak first. Okay, yeah, I'm not really sure. But I have used Tinder, but that was it. And okay. not my vibe at well, all. I'm I was about to say, what What was your thoughts? Like, how, how was that? How did it go? I mean, I seek out, like, authenticity, and it's really hard to get that from over text. So, I mean, I guess you could say this is old-fashioned, but I'd rather meet someone in person first and then, you know, pursue something or go out after the fact like i'm i don't trust people very easily so i'd rather meet them in person not in a date situation and then after be like oh okay like now i'm comfortable and now we can actually go out what why do you think you said you don't trust easily that's pretty similar to me why do you think that is is that you like do you have a wall up is that like kind of a, i'm kind of compounding all these questions together have you thought about this you know yeah, I guess it takes me a while to really get comfortable with someone unless I can really vibe with them. So I guess there is a, I guess you could say a wall, although because I'm extroverted, I can chat a lot and maybe it'll seem like I'm opening up, but I'm really not. There's a lot more to me. So yeah, it's tough, but you just know sometimes when, whether it be in a relationship or just friends, you can just tell when you like vibe with someone. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And it's really hard with apps like tinder because you also don't know what someone's intentions are yeah. when they are on tinder i actually did a research paper on tinder people, <laughs> what what did that what did that pull up i mean people might, might not find this interesting but it had to do with personality traits and tinder huh. and what kinds of personality it was hypothetical but what kinds of personality traits and what people use tinder for so what personality cool. I want to know. You got it. I need to know well, this study. What was well, it like? No, no, it was hypothetical. So I didn't actually do the study. Okay, it was like, okay. a, you know, if you were to do the study, what would you look at? And then I had to do some research. So I was like, okay. you know, I kind of assumed if someone was more neurotic in their personality. <laughs> no, not neurotic. No, carry on, carry on. I was like, what? <laughs> you know what neurotic means, right? I do, I do. But <laughs> for some reason, I thought you said erotic. I was like, that makes so much sense. Tinder is an erotic place. No, but even neurotic, I was going to say, because it gives people the opportunity to chat with people without having these expectations or being uncomfortable because it's just t messages. You can delete the person or embarrass yourself and be like, oh, whatever. Whereas in person, if you go up to someone and you say the wrong thing, well, you might feel really bad about yourself. Or you might be too scared to go up and talk to this person if you actually saw them out. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the dating world's crazy, right? There's so many apps you can find, so many people. And like you said, it's not as authentic as, as it used to be. 
obviously we've got questions that came in about your past relationships. This has made it so much easier for me because we can kind of dismiss them. But let's kind of look a little bit forward. Obviously you said you don't really use apps. You kind of want to get to know people authentically. What's kind of your idea of a perfect first date then, I guess? Is it like, would you do a blind date? Do you have to try and be friends with someone and try and develop a relationship? Is that how it would work for you? I don't like the idea of blind dates, first of all, because I don't like the idea of people getting set up because you don't even know. I like, I think it's hard for someone to be like, oh, this person would be good for you. How do they know they're going to be good for me? (laughs) Well, you got to show up to that date. But but a blind date can also be like you've been speaking for a Maybe you went to like a party with your friend. Your friend's like, oh, there's someone that I know. You then start to, I guess, I don't know, DM on Instagram. You start to like have conversations over a couple of weeks and then you're like, let's oh. meet you're eventually going to meet Wait, that's a i don't consider that a blind date. okay okay yeah. <laughs> so you just you just think about meeting someone completely random is that what you consider a blind date i guess yeah okay um okay. but yeah and yeah and you were saying oh what would be like the ideal date that's hard too because i like to do so many different things and but i something that's adventurous active okay i don't like coffee not my I don't, I, like, drink, I don't no, drink coffee. I like coffee. I don't Caffeine. like, I don't like, Hey, let's go for a coffee. Oh, I know that's bad to that, say. Uh, but no, you know, if what? someone ever asked me that I'm, I, I might still say yes, but it's not my, I would really love to, you know, my let's friends go skydiving first date, because skydiving. First, oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck, oh, that's actually crazy. Like, I just hey, thought of something. <laughs> let's go skydiving. We'll talk in the air. We're with dropping when, a thousand feet. When I had Tinder during COVID, that was my bio. Uh, Someone take me skydiving? Yeah. Wow. I had a lot of response. Yeah, and they're all like, oh, I'll take you skydiving. It gets to it and you're like, you yeah, some people were actually, some people had some great responses to that. It was, in, it kept it interesting. I was doing it for entertainment Let's hear at that some point. some of the responses. Oh, I don't, I, I said I have a bad memory. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. I, I get that. Yeah. But perfect date, you talked about coffee. I was just saying my friends would laugh. I, not a caffeine person at all and everyone's mm. so let's go for a coffee that's so nice that's like my worst nightmare if they want to go <laughs> on a coffee and it sounds bad because right. that's probably fun and my friend i'm not gonna mention his name but he would laugh if he's listening to this he used to be maybe he needs to go down a different route of dating i typically would do a dinner but it's too intense for some people because they're like i'm across the t- i'm across the table i can't fucking escape and i'm like do you want to escape like you're just talking to someone there's no expectations but i guess some people across the table think there is an expectation right if i were to consider that from a girl's perspective and from yeah. what i've heard and what i've talked to some of my friends about is that if you're at a dinner date your very first date it is a lot of pressure and i mean you're a good guy but you know not everyone is a good guy and not every girl is a good girl and so yeah. it's like when you're in that position you do feel a little bit trapped and so you know if this person is really odd or they do something that makes you really uncomfortable it's it is a little bit harder to get out of the situation and you almost feel obligated to wait it out because you don't want to be rude so yeah I, I think it's it's yeah that's tough I guess I do think some people still like dinner as a first date but yeah maybe I'll have to change it up but uh, that's, that's <laughs> is that gonna... always the go-to I don't know like I think honestly I think it's a British thing oh, I think it's very that's like okay. a tradition that I don't that's know it's romantic or something that's just the way we, you mm. would normally take you'd meet someone in person and you'd invite them out for dinner very old school speaking so, on that I'm not a romantic person oh, at all I'm go. like I don't even like yeah I'm like that stuff makes me uncomfortable <laughs> really when I don't know someone like so if someone was romantic to you you don't like that or you wouldn't be romantic to someone else hmm <laughs> You're I mean, like, well, on a first date, no. 
for me. No, but no. if you, if you with someone over a period of time, oh. um, that's hard to say. I don't know. Depends. Again, it depends on the person. I can tell when I don't feel comfortable with someone. Mm-hmm. I'm very closed off. So probably not in that situation. Why, why is that? I know you talked a bit about trust before and you don't trust people e- easily. This is kind of two questions in trust and I feel like a little bit of a wall. What, what does, why is that? I shouldn't say I don't trust people because I get, a, I would say I have a good read on people. So there are particular people that I meet and the first time I meet them, I'm like, wow, like I could tell you lots and I know I'd be safe with you. So I think it's cause you, you hear people gossip a lot and people talk. And so you hear all these stories of people doing things behind people's backs. And so then it just makes you lose trust in everyone. Although that's not a good way to think about things because some people are very trustworthy and I've, and I do surround myself with those people. So I feel lucky, but yeah, it's not one particular thing that's made me. Have you, se- have you seen friends that maybe had bad experiences with partners mm. that have you maybe been like, well, I don't trust people because they, cheated on you or something happened like is that maybe been a trigger um not necessarily I I think I just I value my my privacy and I wouldn't open up to someone unless I'm like certain and I again it's the same kind of thing where if I don't feel like this is going to lead anywhere I'm not going to open up to them like even the first few times I meet them that's just the way I am do you think like there's not necessarily a time limit and we, we obviously know that, but do you think if you were to get in a relationship, do you think there is kind of almost a time? Like, does it take you a long time? Like, does it take you months to really understand a person before you would even consider something? It, does it just depend on the person? It depends on the person. Okay. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, cool. for sure. Um, but yeah, even going back to the trust thing, there are, there is like, you know, people getting cheated on that. Yeah. Like that's so horrible to hear and you see it and you see it happen all the time. And I'm sure people know their friends that do it and they just let it happen. And that's just, I don't know. It's just hard to know that that's going on. And yeah, I think you, well, you're 22. So it, I think it happens mm. a lot more at that age. There Sadly, is an Im- yeah. I- immaturity and especially yeah. in guys at, at that mm-hmm. age, you know, it's, it's people would think about that a lot more because of the pressures of it happening around at my age, nearly 30 it just doesn't happen. Like most mm-hmm. people are really looking for that security and being with someone and being like, it's, it's got to be a little bit more serious now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it is definitely more difficult. I remember when I was that age, it's the exact same, right? You, you were almost thinking, oh, my friends got cheated on last weekend. They're hanging out with this. So you find something, something else happened and you do start to become skeptical right you're just always thinking what's going to go wrong if I get into a relationship I think social media also ties into that because then you see all these things that are being posted like I've seen these videos and it's this girl will be like hey so and so your boyfriend said I saw him out at a bar have you ever seen those and it's like oh I saw this man and he said he has a girlfriend but it's fine and so he's cheating on you with this girl and he like she'll post a picture of this person and post it on social media do you know what I'm talking about? No, say it, say it. Okay, it's- so if someone, like, let's say I was out at the bar and I saw a guy and I overheard him talking to a girl and he goes, oh yeah, I have a girlfriend, but she doesn't have to know. Oh, yeah. And then yes. this girl will go and she'll yes. post a picture and be like, hey, so-and-so, just so you know, I saw your boyfriend out, he's cheating on you tonight. Like, it just really, like, normalizes it and you're like, wow, is this actually happening that much? Probably not, but someone posts about it and then it goes viral and that's that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it it happens it does happen you know i've seen guys do it i've seen girls do it i've seen girls oh, yeah. you know i've seen people take the rings off they're actually mm. engaged i've seen that happen mm-hmm. it still happens all the way up to 
50 years old, if not more, like people have the tendency within them to always want more. We live in this dating world that there is more out there, there's options, and it puts insecurity in a lot of people that if I get with this person, can I trust them? There's plenty more options. Why did they choose me? There's so much complexities to dating right now. Um, and I think that that's difficult. And a lot of people are on apps. So there's thousands of people you can swipe through. You mentioned so many options. Yeah, exa- exactly. Would you, what do you, what's your thoughts on online dating? Obviously it's not kind of the old school way mm. and you'd prefer authentic. I know you were on them for in COVID, but what's for what's me your- personally, I'm not, I don't, like to use them but I think lots of people use them and they have great outcomes and so for some I don't know I think it can be beneficial for some people and for other people it's just not not their cup of tea yeah for sure as you would probably say for sure I would say not your cup of tea and crumpets um but yeah god people are gonna see this and be like oh yeah that's the same take make fun of the British guy but I want to know, well, I don't personally want to know, but a lot of people seem <laughs> to want to know, what is your type? Oh. So, yeah. All the guys I, listening to this, yeah. they're going to be straight in your DMs after being like, oh, perfect, it's me. <laughs> be careful what you say. Yeah. Um, I mean, likes to be adventurous, is active, is funny, is shares the same perspective as me on life, is really open, not reactive. I think a lot of people are very reactive and can't reason. I need, I like to have good conversation with people. And so someone that can reason with me and banter and it's still, it's just, and also to feel that someone who is independent on their own and can let me be independent because I've talked about this with some friends of mine and how it's like, you want your significant other to be like an addition, not your other half. I don't know if I like that saying where it's like, you say your partner's your other half because yeah. I, I like to see it as, you know, they're in, like it's an enhancement of your life. It's someone in your life that is really special, but it doesn't mean that you have to do everything together. So, yeah, I mean, those are a few key things, I guess. Like, no, I think that you've explained that pretty well. You've, I feel like you've thought about it. No, I'm joking. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're good things, obviously. What about like looks? Oh, I know that's oh. kind of, no, no, that was <laughs> a good totally, answer. I totally like went around no, that. <laughs> no, that's the better answer. Honestly, some people are like, oh, this, they need to be this tall. But oh, tell okay. me about looks like, without being shallow. And I know that's not who you are, but think about what is your type when it yeah. comes to looks. Is there a certain type of person that you look for? What What's kind of a... I feel like what someone projects on the outside also kind of tells a little bit about their life. So if they're athletic, you know, someone might be a little bit more built because they spend more time at the gym. I, and that also aligns with my life. So I think someone that also fits that. So like big and mostly or just like <laughs> athletic look? I don't really have a type. I, I'm I've grilling friends, you now. I'm, I know. I've I love had it friends, when people okay, say that's that. the thing. I've had friends ask me that too. Like, what's your type? And I'm like, it's hard because anyone that I've gone for before, there's there, like no one can, I can say, oh, they had this color hair. They were this tall. They were, they had this color eyes. Like there is a spread. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I What's ta- your type? Yeah. <laughs> did you Damn. answer this in yours? Already? I did. I did. So oh, okay, I've, I've okay. done it in my episode. But <laughs> but I was this, like my friends hate me for this question and how I answer because oh. and you'll you'll hear it and in, in, in throughout different episodes as well. But I have always said I don't have a type and people are like, oh, yeah, you so- do. It's, <laughs> it's so, But I do. That was always my answer because I just like you can like you say you meet someone authentically and you like yeah. they become your type. But people always laugh yeah. because they think 
that it has to be a blonde girl. They're like, it's blonde. You're a liar if you say it's brunette. But I have had girlfriends that are blonde and I've had brunette girlfriends. Mm -hmm. So it's proven that I really don't necessarily have an option. I probably would go for a blonde because they stand out in a room and you probably, you'd almost drawn towards them. And I think that's why people say that. But when it comes to other things, you know, it's, it's someone who's funny, someone who's confident, like you said, adventurous, they've got to be active as well. I think their work, so whatever it is mm. they do, I very much have the mentality, like they can do whatever they want to do, even if it's working McDonald's, but if they're passionate about it yeah. and they've got that independence, I love what I do, that's super attractive to me. That makes me think of another thing that I find very attractive is someone who's very goal driven and and has high ambitions because I have high ambitions and I feel like I do have that mindset that people can pursue and do things literally whatever you want to do, even though it might not come easy. There are ways it might be challenging. And so someone that also sh shares that mindset and is like, yeah, like I, I want to do this and this. I don't know how I'm going to get here, but you know what I'm going to put myself out on the line and yeah it's just I love seeing drive in someone yeah I think a lot uh, I think that's attractive for a lot of people mm -hmm. and you know there's a lot of different qualities that people can have and you know I've had past relationships where they've, they've had different qualities they're not necessarily the same person like I couldn't look back and go oh, okay all of those four ex relationships or whatever it, it, it was is they were the same person and they all went down the same route they all had completely different interests some of them didn't even want to go to the gym some were completely obsessed with the gym mm. for example right some had work where they were so passionate about it and some were on the other scale it was like oh I'm just kind of happy doing what I, what I do and there's, there's obviously pros and cons to that and I do think you do start to it's a bad thing but you try and create this perfect person but again it's when you meet someone, that's when you're really going to kind of learn who that right person is. And it's not necessarily you can put on a piece of paper, this is what I'm looking for. Because even if some scientist came with this blonde girl or blonde guy, whatever it is, and the perfect height and the tattoos, whatever you want, and they present it in front of you, you may be like, no, didn't connect with them at all. So if you yeah, can't connect with exactly. them, what's the point in having that perfect, perfect look? So there's two, two ends to the scale. It's a yeah, kind of and a that's why look shouldn't always comfort. I think looks do play a part because you have to have like physical attraction to someone. That's a, I think that's a large part of relationships, but then you can tell right away if, if, you know, can I have a good conversation with this person? Yes or no. And then that's a big Thing that needs to check the boxes can they banter with me I'm a very sarcastic person and if someone's sensitive like I'm sensitive but not in that way mm -hmm. I like to have like funny banter where it's you know someone can understand that and not take offense to it well I'm like I'm sarcastic too and it's like a dry sense of humor when I first oh. came here people took everything wrong that was it was horrible oh, I was like oh see, no I, yeah, I'm like I I'm not being offensive I'm like that's just it's funny mm. like just thinking about it it's just like i like to take kind of like an awkward pause when i say things and people oh. are like what a dick oh but, interesting yeah it is but people probably listen and go yeah you are sarcastic yeah. as hell but i want to know what your love language is you may not have thought about mm. this people have I asked this have. too interesting <laughs> so you're like i don't know my type but i know what I, I know what i expect <laughs> you've oh, got your values what you mean. when you said love language I, yeah like, oh like you love okay, like, maybe like i'm thinking of the wrong thing there's like words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch. What else is there? Uh, <laughs> do, do you have the list? <laughs> no, I don't. I legit. This is me going off my head well, from all the I fucking you, girls I talk about. My love language. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of this in the wrong way, but my love language is giving. So it makes me yes, feel good so to give. There is one. There is I'm not one. receiving, giving. <laughs> I like giving. So like, I like doing like 
random like it makes me feel good to do random acts of kindness it makes me feel good to like do things for other people and not get anything in return okay so <laughs> so technically you need to be with someone <laughs> no. that has that no. love language of active kindness so they'd appreciate it from you oh okay you know what i mean i wish we had the list because i actually don't know what my I'll, love I'll, language i can is. pull it up right now let me just yeah. get get the google going here. <laughs> let me see i mean i know it's not physical touch okay yeah okay. so like are you not you would you not be a public person if someone's no. oh okay okay love language the five love languages <laughs> oh the seven. Oh, what? we have seven now no no i think that's a fake one this <laughs> what the fuck is this one uh, honestly this five yeah because google's playing games on me, but this is some someone's put like a blog of seven i'm oh. like it's got well, like you know what? you can do whatever you want okay we're doing the we're doing the five okay words of affirmation acts of service oh. receiving gifts quality time and physical touch well acts of service what does that mean because that i would say acts of service is my love language like i like doing acts of service but i also like quality time because like i love experiences okay so what it says here i don't know who's <laughs> written this it says familycenter.org so just so i'm proving that i've got this and this is not me making it up for acts of service, it says anything that your partner does willingly to ease your workload is a sign of love to oh. you. You feel careful when your partner vacuums before you... <laughs> okay, this website's fun. You get to it or makes you breakfast as a surprise. Oh. Or on the other hand, broken promises or laziness can make you feel unimportant. So I think it's just like you're doing things as a sign of... So for example, like I think a guy... Or a girl could be like, go and get the morning coffee for the girl and bring it before she wakes up. And it's like, hey, I've got this. And that's an act of kindness. Is, is so like that's an them act of service? Yeah. What? I said act of... <laughs> oh, my God. These busies are getting to me. See, I'm getting confused now. I don't even know if these are real. But that, yeah, acts of service. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's probably split between acts of service and quality time. But I think that, I think it's great when people can do things without being asked. But this is asked. to you, though. This is yeah. to you. So yes. you want acts of service to you? Like, would I guess, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to think about this a bit more before we did this live okay mm -hmm. that's fair enough because i'm physical touch and hmm well, probably <laughs> quali quality time i think yeah i think, that's I think most people honestly yeah well on, yeah people i meet they're like oh physical touch quality time oh. like, that's, yeah no one says acts of kindness <laughs> no everyone acts of, acts of kindness does not worry <laughs> but look you should you should make sure that that's put into your love language yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, but honestly, a lot of people I've met is, oh, it's physical touch. That's mm. my that's my love language. But I don't think people think too deep into this. But obviously someone wanted to know. and We, we yeah. really digged deep to get that answer. So I love the work we put in in there. Another person's put in. I think this is quite funny, but Calgary or Edmonton guys, they also put obvious, obvious answer. I don't know what that means. I know what the answer would be to this, but I've actually <laughs> You're not seen from it. either place. So. Exactly. Oh. So no, I'm joking. But I saw a TikTok of people like that would go out in the streets and it was oh. in Toronto and they would ask like, they're asking about guys in Toronto and they kind of, all the girls were like, we hate guys here. Like they're hard. They're all like financial guys yeah. and into money. And so, but that's just is stereotyping there a, everyone. But is there a difference? No. What? Uh, I think Calgary... I know I don't really know enough about either market of guys, so <laughs> <laughs> that's hard. Like, have you spoken? To, okay, put it this way: Have you spoken to like a Cal, someone in Calgary yes. in that way that you made? Yeah. Obviously, that you didn't yes. proceed, and then an Edmonton. Yes. Was there like a difference you no. felt? Okay, you no, just, I think everyone's the same in Cal okay. in Alberta. Okay, so Calgary guys. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or or can it, can I do a n- not can, applicable? Yeah. Or what about a different country? If you could choose a different country in the world, oh. what, what would you choose? Like mm. Espanol or? <laughs> oh, that's probably, I mean, anywhere in well, Europeans. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like I, I really want to go to like Netherlands. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. A Dutch guy? W- yeah, maybe. Really? You better set your Tinder location maybe, to... Maybe Australia. Holland. Oh, the Aussies, yeah. Good accent. <laughs> super chill. I feel like they wouldn't be as driven for you, though. Oh, so, way wait, too that's chill. also a stereotype. Okay. <laughs> I, let's, we should, like, slowly ease out of these conversations because I feel like we're going to offend someone. Um, but someone did ask, would you relocate for love? Oh, would they... Okay, I'm going to probably ask this in two ways. If you were with someone right now and they had to move, would you move with them? At this point in my life, no. But I would I would do long distance. Really? How do you think you would do under long distance? Because long distance I'm, is hard. Because I've never done it before, so I guess I can't really see. <laughs> you like it so easy. <laughs> no, no. I, was gonna say, I, I can't really say if it'd be easy or hard. But I do think because I'm very independent and I'm busy that I would be okay with that. Because not yeah it's hard i mean i don't really have any experience in that so i can't speak on it for sure but because i'm so busy and i have all of these things that i'm trying to pursue that it would not be you know detrimental to my life like obviously it would be i would assume it would be hard but it wouldn't i don't think it would end the relationship because i know people that have done it and they're married today and yeah. kids and they just yeah. do it and they travel and they see each other and especially if it's someone that also travels a lot yeah then you know yeah. you can meet up in different places of the world and have different experiences because not a lot of people have that where oh you get to meet up with someone oh we just happen to be in the same place okay we get to be in all these new cities together yeah i think it goes either way honestly it either like makes someone stronger or it mm. makes it really difficult yeah. um i was in a long distance during covid so it made it way more wow. difficult couldn't even fly to the uh, location yeah, that they were at so that, that obviously makes it super hard and you do start to slowly distance there's only so much you can do over mm-hmm. facetime and and connect in that sense and obviously have conversations but it does get to a point where you're like well where else can this go you know especially if a love language for mm-hmm. example is physical touch you're not going to have that so you, you're missing out on, on kind of one of the key things you potentially would be looking for That's but so true. people have also asked biggest red flags in guys what would that be for you? Is have you ever had experiences mm-hmm. where someone's kind of there's been a red flag and and you're like that's definitely oh, not for me. Commitment. If if people are canceling on me, I'm I like to stay by the book. Not I don't no because I'm very spontaneous, but I don't like when people don't follow through on what they say they're gonna do. So that's a huge red flag. I thought you were gonna cancel on the podcast. Really? Yeah, Why? I was, no, I'm joking. I drove down I'm here joking. in the in the snowy <laughs> minus twenty eight yeah, on the devil's road. No, I I would say I I stay true to my word, yeah. and so I would expect my partner to also stay true to their word. That's a big red flag, and also someone who, I mean, lies. If you catch someone in a lie once, I I would find it hard to. Well, it's the trust, Give them right? A, yeah. Going back to the trust. And it, once you've done it once, it's it's that pattern of behavior typically. Yeah. I mean, the, red flags can be a list so so long. There's so many we, we could go into there. But someone again has asked you a question and I'm going to ask you that. So it says, what is your best, sorry, what is the best pickup line from a guy you have heard or slid into your DMs? <laughs> you got, you've got to have some funny ones. Oh, I'd have to look. I don't. Have a look. Grab your phone. 
might take me a second. That's fine. That's fine. I think obviously everyone gets some form of DMs. I, f- I feel like girls get just some Do you get some, hel- some interesting DMs? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean everyone uh, gets? <laughs> like I have before. Ooh. Like I've had some interesting ones, and but nothing's people really... People are not... I feel like girls get dry, more interesting but ones. But I've had some weird ones. Okay, go for it. But I have to go to my like hidden requests. <laughs> oh, oh, like people you know following is that? Yeah, okay. the ones that. I, oh, I, I honestly don't think I have anything for you. I, it's really hard. I'd have to scroll pretty far back. But can you can you remember like what people what do people typically do when they slide? In? Is it like cheesy? Is it is it just like oh hey? Is it like let's? Most ca- people are just like oh hey, unless they're creepy and they say like. I don't Let's know. go for a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not bad. Like honestly, I credit anyone who goes out of their way to approach someone and ask them to do coffee or because I do want to say that I think if anyone comes up to me in person, I've had this like quite a few times where people I've had it where I'm like walking in the mall and someone will come up to me and be like, hey, can I get your number? Can we go for coffee? And you like that? Is that like- I think that it's great that people yeah. are like spontaneous on the spot like that. Have Although you ever gone? No, I usually say no, yeah, you're like, but, oh, sorry. but there, I have regretted. There's still one particular moment where I wish I would have gone up to this guy. Oh, and then it was weird because that same, it was a week later and a, a guy came up to me in the mall. It was West, West Edmonton mall and the same mall, some guy came up to me and I was like, I should have done that to the guy that I saw at the Starbucks, but that's kind of going off track here. Um, I don't think I have anything for you, unfortunately. No, nothing that's come in recently. No, you'll have to if I if I ever am on here again, maybe. Yeah, we'll 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 have a look, but I'm sure you you know you've had some juicy ones, but maybe they were from the past. We'll uh we'll transition a little bit into mental health. Again, there's been so many questions that have come through. I had to at the beginning condense a lot of the conversation down. We would literally be here for hours, but a lot of these topics are important and specifically the next one, mental health. It's it's a big thing in a lot of people's lives. It's it, lives. It's talked about a lot more than it definitely it was before. I'm going to kick it off straight away. Pretty, pretty deep. Have you gone through any traumas in your life, which you've managed to overcome? Have you guess dealt with any mental mm-hmm. health issues and what did that look like? Yeah, I'm, I would say through high school, that was the roughest time for me. I've always been a very anxious person, although I might not show it now. I am very like anxiety prone. And mm-hmm. if, even if I don't show it in person, I might be in my car. Like I have like those physiological responses where I'm yeah. like shaking or I'm like, I'm like sweating or whatever it is and I can't calm myself down, but I've created these habits so I can get myself under control. But I also went through, like I did go through therapy when I was in high school because, you know, it's like, it was a lot to do with the comments from people about the way I looked. I kind of went through this like season of like depression and I know a lot of people go through that phase. I would say more people than not at least have one phase of like depression in their life. But it's knowing that like that too will pass. That's one of my favorite sayings where it's like this too shall pass. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I went through therapy when I was in high school and definitely taught me some of the things that I still do till this day because a lot mm-hmm. of it came down to like rum- ruminating and so overthinking. And like I will go to bed and think through a situation from beginning to end of everything. You know, if I had something, if I was going to meet someone the next day, I would think of everything from it could be like what am I gonna say right when I see them what am I gonna wear are they gonna ask me the first question no see that's what I'm saying I've now grown to I don't do that anymore I'm still very anxious but I don't do that anymore 
Yeah. Uh, and also my psychology background with school, I'm learning yeah. so much. And so I've, and I do a lot of, I read a lot of, um, like mindset books and podcasts and nice. I've learned a lot of tools from those. So, yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, thanks so much for mm-hmm. sharing. It's not easy to share it. You know, you, you, you become vulnerable a little bit when you share those, those topics. It's interesting what you said, because it, it really did mirror my experience in the podcast. The first episode of when it's about me mm. is pretty much the same. We talked about school and how that was the most difficult time. Anxiety, still have anxiety can be really severe, but you do learn to control it the older you get. You kind of understand your triggers and what that looks like. Also going to therapy, you know, you said you've gone to therapy. People are afraid to do that. They think it's, mm. you know, you shouldn't do it or it's weak thing to do. There's lots of people do it and you'll be surprised how many people do it to, to obviously get past those things. But it is difficult, especially, you know, even at your age now at, at 22, you said like you you still are a little bit anxious. Is that mm. the, the, I guess, the biggest mental health challenge you think you have is the kind of anxiety side of it? Yeah, because I, I like being in control of things. So it's sometimes the, it's interesting because there's like a fine line, like it's a balance between because like I said, I, I'm very adventurous and spontaneous, but I like knowing what's to come. So it's like those uncertainties. I don't like that. I like being in con- full control of a situation. And yeah, so it's I think I've also just I take control in the sense that if I am meeting someone, I know how I want to approach the situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe before I just didn't have the tools and I didn't know how I was going to go into it. So I was just, I'd be like anxious a week ahead or I couldn't eat the day before. And I know a lot of people mm-hmm. go through that. That's very common. Yeah. So. No, I think, I think I was the same. I was a complete control freak. Even now, like I, for example, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say control freak. That puts it in a negative light. <laughs> hey, hey, I apologize. <laughs> I, that was rude of me, but that was more aimed at me. Like yes, I yeah. would really describe myself a bit of a control freak. Like for uh-huh. example, like uh-huh. if someone tried to book a plane ticket for me, I hate that. I oh. want to be in control. I want to like organize. When do I go? I prefer to travel on my own. And honestly, mm. it's actually had effects on relationships and friendships i talk about that as a whole do you think that has had an effect well being a bit anxious do you think it has affect maybe friendships or relationships or maybe it puts you off being with certain people because again i'm not going to use control freak but you've got (laughs) you want that control and you've got that anxiety maybe like at times it was like i don't want to put this onto anyone else it's easier to not be with someone sometimes Mm -hmm. i've done that oh yeah for sure i would i i would rather just not do it i'm like whatever. It's okay. <laughs> I just won't go through with that. But yeah, I think the, I've, I've definitely let a little bit of that go in terms of, I don't necessarily be need to be in control of a full situation, but I like to be in control of myself and how I, you know, approach a situation. So yeah, I don't know. It's, that's tough. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tough. And especially on the spot to kind of think about it. And especially when, yeah. You may not feel it now, but you felt you felt it in the past. Mm-hmm. Has has modeling had an effect on your mental health? Obviously, going into that, you know, you said you were anxious, mm-hmm. but to me, obviously, you are extrovert and you see that confidence. And a lot of people may see that online. So I love you the vulnerability you're given right now because again, people probably know you a lot from an Instagram or social media, and you're mm-hmm. becoming vulnerable by talking, and people are really seeing the real you. But has that had an effect in modeling? Because that's a pretty pretty yeah. difficult industry. Yeah, because I am a I, like I wouldn't necessarily I'm a perfectionist, but I like to go to the extent where things are done to the best of my ability. So if I do see the final result of something in, you know, whether it be photos or videos and I'm not fully content with it, I do sometimes I'll, I'll overthink it and I'll think about it for days and be like, I'll dwell on that. But 
again, it's just letting it go. And the way that I see it, we're not, we're never going to be fully in control of everything in our life, but we can control certain things. And so those are the things we should focus on. And again, I think modeling has just given me the foundation to grow and, and just learn and see that I, if it doesn't go my way or if I don't like it or I just have to be okay with it. That's kind of the yeah, way life I, well, is. Well, I think, I think you, be like you, you, I see modeling, especially if you're an anxious person, you mm. can, you're taking yourself out of a, a comfort zone, right? Uh, and it's a cut. So like, that's, I think that's a good thing. You know, you're pushing really past, past kind of what that looks like. Obviously social media and, and being present can be a difficult thing. What, what does that look like for you? being present like yeah so like obviously you know in mental health and gender like trying to be present uh, and not be swallowed by social media and the internet what what mm -hmm. does that look like i do try and put my phone away although i i definitely can say when i'm trying to post a video or create something i will start and i could be on it for hours and then i have to be like okay you know what i gotta do something else this is not it's too too much on social media and so yeah. i found these other habits that I like to use to bring me back to reality and one of them is the gym the gym I go to in Edmonton is great there's a really good community of people and every time I'm there I just feel so uh what's the word like everyone is just so lively there and I have such good conversation and then it just makes you remember like what life is about and you just don't get that from social media so it's seeing what's out there and putting yourself out there in the real world and seeing okay I can yeah, it's like you get in your head when you're on social media. So sometimes you just have to snap out of that in one way or another. And I do a lot of that by my days are so busy. So I don't even have time sometimes to just stay on social media and scroll and scroll and scroll because I, I fill my schedule with other things that are very empowering and they just, yeah, it just keeps me in a good headspace. How can, you talked about the gym a little bit there. How can models... I guess mm. specifically look after their mental health. Like the gym's obviously going to be oh. a thing. Like maybe nutrition. Do you, have you thought about that? Meditation. Oh really? Do you Gra do you meditate? Yes. What, I, what does that look like? Like what? Ooh. What do you I, like? I don't meditate, and I think I I, it's probably really good. But I'm I'm kind of like I can't sit still. Like so there's not. I think a lot of people have this belief that meditation is you have to listen to something and you can't move. But there are a lot of people that are breaking this belief by you can meditate and move around and just allow your thoughts to flow freely in and out of your mind. And that's also a form of meditation. So because of, you know, being very anxious for me, sometimes I just need to feel very grounded and I will actually like lay on the ground in my bedroom. I love laying on the floor. Like my, my family knows this. They'll like see me and I'm just laying on the floor and <laughs> it's actually like, cause you're, you're grounded. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just lay there and I have certain videos like on YouTube that I'll listen to. There's one guy in particular, his name is Michael Seeley. I used to listen to his um, meditations before I fell asleep. And then the gym I use has this thing called a Somadone pod. Are you familiar with that? I've been in it. In, oh, yeah. In, is it Equinox? What's the, what's the, is the it, what's the gym called? What's oh. it called? What's it called? <laughs> That's a secret. <laughs> no, like is it in a gym? This, yeah. This. Oh, the Somadone? Yeah, where is this place? It's a secret gym. No, I've been in it. <laughs> is it called Equinox? No. Something? What's it called? It's called Archetype. Oh, Archetype. <laughs> I was in it. 
two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, you and I've sat that. in this dome. I was hungover, honestly, oh. and it cured life. Oh, that's interesting. Like it was so bright in there and you kind of sit kinda back. It's kind of like those float pods where it's, you're in like a deprivation pod, but it's not to the same extent of a float pod because your feet are still out. Mm -hmm. But you get that. You just It gives you a space where no one can bother you. You have the lighting around you and you have whatever sound is playing. Sometimes for me, I even fall asleep to like rain noises or white noise and it just helps me shut off my mind and then yeah going back to the meditation it just even if it's only five minutes that is sometimes enough to just bring you back to reality and then focusing on even focusing on gratitude that can be the simplest thing but make the biggest impact in your life thinking about three things you're grateful for every day before you go to bed do you have like a do you do like a journal or anything like that i don't like, it's a little bit un... Like manifestations or uh, anything like that? Actually, yeah. yeah. And ma manifesting works. It really yeah. does. I mean, you have to put in the work to connect the dots. But I think it also gives you this belief that you are capable. Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily... just You can't just manifest and be yeah. like, I want I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. That's not going to do anything. Yeah. You actually have to put in the work. But then you have this belief. You know what? I can do it. I have the tools to do it. I will figure it out. So you just put yourself in the space to be creative and you open up new doors because you have that mindset that I can do these things. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, I want to thank you so much for being vulnerable. It's a difficult topic, mental health, and you know you can go really deep into it. And there's going to be people that listen that have gone through the same type of thing or a bit different. But we all have these experiences and, and that's okay. I'm going to kind of finish this off with um, something I want to do. It's quick fire. It's a couple of questions that did come in. I didn't want to kind of incorporate it throughout the way. So I'm going to do some quick fire questions. Give me kind of the first answer that comes to your head. Um, there is a few. <laughs> Don't worry. There's no <laughs> right answer. Um, but, but here we go. So who is your best friend? I couldn't give you one name. Can you give me a couple of names? They know who they are. Okay. Love that. <laughs> Funny guy or hot guy? Funny. What's your top country you'd like to visit next? Singapore. Favorite project this year? Oh, I got to work with Rolls Royce. Amazing. That's awesome. Morning or evening? Morning. Summer or winter? Summer. Wine or coffee? Coffee. No coffee dates, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Sushi or steak? Sushi. Sweet or salty? Salty, but sometimes sweet. <laughs> <laughs> In a crowd or quiet? I get claustrophobic, so not crowd, but I like people. So. <laughs> I love these one word answers quick fire. Lambo or Ferrari? I have a few answers to that, but let's go Ferrari. I feel like you know who put that in and I had to. I had oh, to. that was a question from someone? Yeah. Okay, then Lambo. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I feel like is it something to do with like that snow thing that you made? Oh my gosh, no, probably not. But okay. that thing, oh, that well, we might have time to th talk about it today, but that was so much fun to make. Because you made, I think we should talk about it just very quickly. Because yes. it's on, is it still on your Instagram? It is, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like you made this snow. Will I you explain? I made a Lamborghini Huracan out of snow last winter. I was going to say summer, last winter. And it took me five, six hours to do. And I pretty much made it like I was creating an igloo. And then I carved out the car so I could actually sit in it. And it was life size. I mean, almost life size. <laughs> and. Yeah, it was just such a fun project to do. And I I think I've, a lot of people have thought it was a really cool idea. And who knows what will come of it? There, you never know. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks obviously so much for sharing all, all, everything here. One question I do ask everyone that does come on the show 
if you could nominate someone to come on the show, who would it be and why? Oh. <laughs> you're going to sue with someone here that'd be like, oh, I don't want to go on. <laughs> I, I don't know who you're looking for. I, I don't want to put anyone on the spot. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, it could even be one of your friends. It doesn't mean you have to come on. It's just, would you, you know, is there anyone you would suggest that you think would be an interesting story? I'll have to get back to you on that yeah, one. You let me know for sure. But thanks so much for joining me. Obviously, it's been a long episode again. So we've got some depth in, in the story <laughs> there. I know obviously I'll post all your socials so listeners can kind of reach out to you. Be nice. Send us some love and support for, for being vulnerable. But so thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Kira for joining me on the podcast and to you guys for listening. I love these long episodes as it allows you to put those headphones in and pick up from where you left off. Next week, we'll meet another guest, which will be announced on our Instagram. So head over to the Sonder Society pod. As always, you will have the opportunity to ask anonymous questions to our guests to learn more about them. If you enjoyed the show, please review us on Apple and Spotify. But until then, catch you next time.